All right, everybody. Welcome to the Blood Grana Show. My name is Josh. Hope everyone had a good weekend full of football and joys and college basketball, maybe, question mark, if you're in the U.S. I didn't watch any. I watched a little bit of the Final Four, but uh, last night, the women's and women's college basketball, LSU won. A uh, lot of good football results from this weekend that are somewhat surprising and interesting. But first, we are a Barcelona show. So let's talk about Barcelona for a bit. Barcelona 4, Elche nil. Barcelona net three goals in the second half to thankfully not make us hold on to a 1-0 lead for the first time in in a hot minute. Uh, really solid result for Barca. Gets them some good momentum after the international break heading into the Classico midweek. Goals were a concern, right? Lewandowski had slowed down a little bit. Without Usman Dembele and Pedri and Frankie de Jong, there was a concern of uh, midfield control. And that concern was quickly wiped away. Eric Garcia, you know, I, I'm i going to be honest, I didn't see it coming. I did not see a scenario where Eric Garcia in the midfield would work. Uh, but the 22-year-olds uh, put in... A pretty good, uh, a pretty good afternoon. Now, granted, this was, you know, one of the worst teams in the league, the worst team in the league. Uh, there wasn't a ton of ground for LJ to stand on, like we talked about with Amino last week, having given up fifty-five goals this year. Uh, they have a negative thirty-six goal differential. It's a really tough beat for LJ here. I will say that. Garcia had a really efficient period. Uh, Jill had in her five talking points piece a tweet from Total Barca. He only had six misplaced passes. Uh, Sergio Busquets is expected to return against Real Madrid. De Jong will be back from injury soon. Hopefully Pedro will be back. There's not really a scenario in the future where we'll probably see three midfielders out for Barcelona again. But, you know, good for Eric Garcia. He's young. I forget he's 22, and despite the fact that he's had a strange tenure at Barcelona thus far, you know, there could be <laughs> there could be a future for him. I don't know. Deep-lying midfielder? I'm not sure. Either way, this is a good performance from him. Lewandowski gets a brace. It had been a hot minute since we had kind of seen him score, almost two months actually in the league, uh, I believe mid-February. And he honestly missed he missed a great header, I think, late in the first half. That would have been for, a, I guess, would have been his second, but he eventually got his second later on. But it was a really kind of goal-poaching performance from him, a couple of solid finishes. But the two goals from the goal from Fati and the goal from Ferran Torres were goals that, honestly, those two guys usually don't score, <laughs> it feels like. Uh, Fati with... It, honestly, both of them were just very well-placed goals that you don't see them score very often, honestly. Uh, Fati had had a pretty brutal week. Uh, his dad, uh, Boris, I'm pretty sure was his name, uh, it just some, some outspoken words uh, about Xavi, about the club, and, oh, it's our Bordy, Fati, uh, not a great look when your dad comes out like that. Whatever goes all uh, goes ball family on everybody, but he hadn't scored in the Liga since October. 
a nice pass from Torres. Sanfati running at goal in a one-on-one, although I guess it was Tengue two-on-two. And it was just a really good goal from him. It was clinical. It was well-timed. And it was something like, I don't know. There's just goals that you can see kind of a player just feel relieved to score. I don't know. This A single goal is not going to change Fatih's future. A single goal against the worst team in the league is not going to change his future. I don't know what his future is. It might not be a Barcelona. I'm hoping if that's the case, it's through a loan. But it was just nice to see him score. Same thing with Ferran Torres. His future at Barcelona is murky. Uh, it's often joked about, rightfully so, kind of how clinical he is, yet finishing is just something that Ferran Torres struggles with. And this was a really good finish. Like, just very sim- somewhat similar to the Fatih goal in terms of kind of the, the clinical nature that was needed in order to score. Uh, and it was just nice. It was really good to see him score. Happy for him. He's an entertaining player. And it's just good to see guys like that score. So Barcelona win 4-0. This bumps, like I said, it, it temporarily bumps their lead in the league for to 15 points. Uh, Real Madrid <laughs> quickly uh, came back with a 6-0 win against Valladolid on Sunday. So both teams that had kind of been struggling offensively, Real Madrid and Barcelona both look incredible coming out of the break and ahead of the Clasico, where the aggregate is 1-0 Barcelona. We'll talk about that in a moment. And you'll have to excuse me being out of breath. Like these, so, and I don't know how this is in the rest of the world. I know like in the Southeastern United States, we get pollen in the spring and it's really, really bad. And I'm ridiculously allergic to pollen. I'm taking allergy medicine around the clock, eye drops, the whole thing, air filters going, and it just does nothing. I'm just, I, I cannot breathe. It's pretty brutal. Brutal is a strong word. It is very inconvenient. So, as I pedal on my bike recording this podcast, I'm going through it. Um, let's talk about let's talk about Lionel Messi because why not? He's getting whistled in PSG's one 0 loss to Lyon on the weekends, and I the PSG experiment is hilarious to me. They're only six points up on Marseille and Lens in the league. They're out of the Champions League. I don't know why Messi would ever want to return there, but we're gonna we're gonna couch these rumors. They come from Gerard Romero, who, you know, say what you want. Uh, it's interesting that Barcelona are reportedly working with important sponsors, quote unquote, in a bid to try and fund a move for Messi. So, I guess the thought process is here. Barcelona can't really afford to pay Messi perhaps the the lucrative contract he could get at PSG or Saudi Arabia or elsewhere. But maybe if we could work with some sponsorships that would be uh, lucrative outside of the typical salary structure for Messi to get paid, perhaps that could pave the way for the money to be kind of on a similar playing field. Uh, I don't know... The league, I guess it's 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 not like illegal, right? It's like a kind of a wink, wink, maybe like, hey, if you sign this contract that's for less money, you'll also be getting a call from I don't know, Bank of America, whatever, in two days or Wells Fargo. We we want to get you into financial trading commercials, you know. Uh, 
that kind of feels like what they're talking about. This happens in the NBA too. I'm sure it happens in football in ways that we're not super aware of. The wink, wink, hush, hush deal. I don't know. It's interesting. It could happen. Messi, you know, the Barca vice presidents, uh, Rafa Yuste, admitted that there was contact with Messi's camp. I, I, I'm sure there's contact with Messi's camp. This comes down to like, there's some fractured relationships. They're going to need to recover it. And then they're going to need to figure out how to legally make this work so that they don't embarrass themselves and sign him. And then they can't register him or something silly like that. At the very least, it's a fascinating concept. The idea that you can get outside parties to help fund this sort of deal. Speaking of, uh, well, I guess, <laughs> I don't know what kind of transition I was going for there. Let's talk about a Clasico for a few minutes. So Barcelona and Real Madrid play this week. Barcelona have dominated as a strong word. They have effectively controlled the Clasico this year. This is the second leg of the Copa del Rey semifinal. Barcelona need lead 1-0. They host this match. There are um, concerns about uh, Barcelona's health right now. And I'm going to Google this as I uh, as I chat, but I don't think Pedri will be back. Let me see. Barcelona Pedri injury update. Yeah, he's out of El Clasico. Okay, cool. Uh, that's great. Uh, what about De Jong? I think Frankie De Jong's out of El Clasico too. Yeah, he has essentially been ruled out as well. That's cool. Um, so they're going to be without Dembele. Frankie de Jong, Pedri, Sergi Busquets might be back is, is kind of what I'm reading. Although he's old, so, you know, he could wake up this morning with a bad back. Who knows? This is going to be a tough performance for Barcelona to pull out. And granted, they had injury problems the last time they played Real Madrid. Losing, not having Frankie de Jong and Pedri in the midfield is brutal. That is something that will hurt them. They'll struggle in the midfield, you would think, against Real Madrid's midfield. Real Madrid looked very, very good over the weekend. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of lineup Ancelotti throws out. But it is what it is. Barcelona have a 1-0 lead on aggregate. They have seemed pretty good against Real Madrid in terms of playing defensively this year. They're going to have to keep that up because although they scored four against Elche, Elche are not Real Madrid, obviously. So it's going to be fascinating to see what kind of lineup Xavi puts out there, how they make it work, and what sort of strategy they hope to deploy. Excuse me, against Real Madrid. So, let's talk about the weekend that was in football. Outside of the Barcelona camp. Going to pull up a foot mob on my phone. That's F-O-T-M-O-B. The best kind of football app that I've found. So, in the return from the international break, let's cover the Premier League real quick. Man City dominated Liverpool after Liverpool took an early lead. Jack Grealish was ridiculous in that match. Uh, they were without Erling Holland, didn't matter. 1-4-1, Arsenal held serve 1-4-1 over Leeds. In the managerial space in the Premier League, it gets even messier. Chelsea fired Graham Potter. There was a lot of back and forth. Not back and forth, like... I guess it was back and forth. Online about the... Oh, you know, the, the long-term project in football is dead. They said they gave him 
Graham Potter, uh, he had like the keys to the kingdom immediately. And then he, you know, he gets sacked after seven months. I, I don't know. I still feel like he got a pretty long leash and they were pretty terrible. Like they spent so much money in January and they get one point against Everton and Aston Villa. They barely scrape by against Dortmund. I don't know how they won that Champions League tie. And now poor Tottenham, Julian Nagelsmann, probably looks like he's going to go to Chelsea now. So very interesting. Although, you know, keep Julian Nagelsmann away from Real Madrid. That's all I have to say. Elsewhere in the Bundesliga, we had the match of probably the year, or should have been, Bayern against Dortmund in the Klassiker. Uh, it started off with a just absolutely miserable Kobol Ongol, where he comes he comes towards the edge of his box, swings and whiffs on an easy clearance. Ball goes in, and then the floodgates opened. Five minutes later, Thomas Müller scored. Five minutes after that, Thomas Müller scored. And then in the second half, Kingsley Coma scored to make it 4-0. Uh, Byron, or Dortmund do get two goals after the 70th minute. But it was one of those matches where as soon as that own goal went in, you just went, this was supposed to be like a match. And it wasn't. It looked, it was just pathetic from, for the next like 40 minutes, Byron just rained fury. And it's disappointing. Like the league isn't over. Especially you look at the expected goals. Byron had 2.3, Dortmund had 1.7. Like, this, that own goal just like just killed it. So, Byron have a two-point lead in the league. Thomas Tuchel, I don't know. The fact that Byron are in the Champions League still, like, maybe that helps Dortmund a little bit. But Byron are just so deep, man. Like, the, you look at the who they brought off the bench this match. <laughs> they bring off the bench Sadio Mane, Serge Gnabry, Jamal Musiala, Joao Cancelo. And then actually the one name who I don't know, uh, Ryan Gravenrich. But those first four names, Kinsella, Musiala, Nabry, and Mane. It's pretty ridiculous. The depth they have to be able to perform in multiple competitions. It's just a tough beat, man. I was really looking forward to this match. And it did not pay up. Poor Greg Koble. Elsewhere in Syria, in interludes to Fiorentina. Milan destroy Napoli when they play in the Champions League in a week. So that was kind of a statement victory. Roma and Lazio both win. So that means in Serie A, the table has changed up quite a bit. So Napoli, of course, are going to win the league. But the battle for second through sixth, even seventh, Juventus, despite their 15-point deduction, 15-point deduction are still in it. But the difference between second and sixth is seven points. And right now, it's Lazio, Milan, Inter, and Roma, all within five points of each other. And all competing. Inter just looked terrible again. I, I'm i the manager of the Inter Serpents website for SB Nation, so we cover them. And it's just, it, it, it's depressing. Like, despite the fact we're heading into a quarterfinal uh, of the Champions League that's, like, somewhat winnable, it doesn't feel winnable because Inter can't score goals right now. And it sucks. Their league performance has been terrible. And somehow, they still have a chance to make top four, which is cool, I guess. Uh, that's kind of the big notes from around the league. This week, today and tomorrow, before the uh, the Classico, on Wednesday, there's some decent matches. You got Everton, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool tomorrow, Battle of the Crap. <laughs> Juventus, Inter, in the Coppa Italia. And then Wednesday... 
we have the Classico, 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be fascinating. I I don't know. When I have guests on, I usually am like, give me a prediction. I would struggle to predict anything besides like, I don't know, 2-1 Real Madrid in normal time, and then it goes to penalties, and then I don't know, though. I mean, Barcelona's defense is so good in the league, although this technically isn't in the league. It is against the Spanish side, though, so I don't know how those two interact. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of injuries for Barca. Hopefully the defense is in core. Uh, hopefully the defensive core is good to go. No training injuries today or tomorrow. And then we should have a, a banger of a final Classico of the season. It's going to be good stuff. Everyone enjoy. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you are not. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. I'm posting these on YouTube now. All of those will be in the link. Give it a rating if you'd like. Unless it's a bad rating. Then you can just email me, maybe, if you want. And everyone, I hope you enjoy the matches this week. And I'll talk to you later this week. Thanks. Oh.